Welcome to Open Studio, Conversations on Art, brought to you by Graves and Mallet Art Solutions. I'm your co-host, Denise Mallet. In this podcast, my partner, Leslie Graves, and I explore the amazing world of visual arts through the lens of art lovers just like you. By sharing extraordinary stories, conversations, and interviews with artists, collectors, gallery owners, curators, and more, all of whom have embraced visual arts by changing lives to establishing legacies as well as building world renowned collections. Today on Open Studio, Leslie and I were delighted to visit, tour the home, and sit down with Dr. Dexter Fields, a brilliant and enthusiastic art collector that has a breathtaking collection that filled every corner of his beautiful home. The room that quickly became our favorite was the Red Room. Today we learn more about the art influencer, Dr. Fields, some of his favorite works of art, and why the Red Room is so important to him. What an amazing interview we have in store for you when we return. Hello everyone, it is a pleasure to have you back with Open Studio, Conversations on Art. This, today we have Dr. Dexter Fields with us, an amazing collector that lives in the Detroit area. And we're gonna kick off with our, now becoming our standard opening, a little fun facts that uh, Dr. Fields doesn't know, but that we have for, uh, what were we calling them, Leslie? Our, uh, just kind of fun facts. And they're all tasteful, but okay. something that you don't know that we know, we okay. think. <laughs> yeah, they're all fun. So Leslie, kick us off with our opening for our, our guest today. Okay, well, Dexter Fields, good morning. Good and morning. I'm so happy to see you in your beautiful home. So my fun facts about Dexter Fields are as follows. I know you're an avid jazz fan. Mm-hmm. A lover of independent films. Mm-hmm. I've spotted you several times at the Detroit Film Theater. <laughs> I know you to be a patron of the arts, performing and visual. Yes. You're an avid reader and book collector, and I learned that you are cataloging your vast book collection. Mm-hmm. I learned today about your owl collection. <laughs> <laughs> and that you are a fashionista and you were seen rocking a silk kimono at a charity event. <laughs> and the person that spotted you is still raving about your fashion sense. <laughs> is that right? Are those all true facts? <laughs> uh, they're true facts. It's not it's not a kimono. There's another name for it. But it, it's a it's a man's kind of sports jacket. It's Japanese. Yeah. Hmm. I stand corrected. All yeah. right. I yeah. love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Is it okay to call you Dexter? <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. So Dexter, absolutely. today we are um, we're gonna we're gonna start from our collector point of view. We have had the absolute honor for the last hour to tour. Uh, we we called it a museum that he lives in, <laughs> um, but his works and we have and if you could be here, we're sitting in. I'm calling the red room, but you have named it others. Tell us a little bit about the room we're in. We're in right now. Okay, the room that you're in now, I I call uh, interchangeably the Dell Pryor room because uh, many of the photographs here came from Dell Pryor's gallery. I also call it the Michigan room. 
and the Detroit room because all of the books that you see lining the wall there have to do with Detroit or Michigan or were written by Detroiters. Wow. Um, and uh, the other name, uh, the Red Room. Yes. The Red Room because it is ruby red. Yes, I love Benjamin, it. Benjamin Moore is ruby red. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> a plug for Benjamin Moore. Right, right. right. Well, um, Leslie and I are go back and forth with a few questions, but okay. how did you begin collecting? I mean, how long have you been collecting? What inspires you to select a piece? Okay. I think I was inspired take your second question mm -hmm. uh, first. I think I was in inspired by my parents because they were both both very uh, creative people. My father was a tool and die maker, but he made uh, some of uh, my mother's kitchen utensils. He made knives. He also made a set of chrome, I'm, I'm sorry, aluminum and brass uh, uh, screwdrivers, mm. you know, all, all kinds of tools. Yeah. There, there are about six or seven, as I remember them in my, from my memory. But uh, nobody in the family knows where they are now. <laughs> but at the time I saw them, I thought they were just fantastic, you know. And the fact that he made them made it even more special. Uh, they also took a photography course at our church, mm. at St. Philip's Lutheran Church, where I grew up. And uh, they were, quote, good enough that they photographed one of the church members' daughter's wedding. Wow. And I remember them, uh, I remember them uh, developing all of the pictures and mounting them and, you know, those, those kinds of things. That's really. Fantastic. So that was, that was uh, I think, the main inspiration. And so as I've collected photographs over the years, it's like I've come back. To photographs because I lived with so many photographs in my uh, parents' home. Do any of the family photographs still exist? Uh, there are many that still exist. Uh, I have I have uh, all of the pictures that my mother collected, but of course, you know, when it comes to family pictures, you know, this brother or sister wants a picture, and you never see it again. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, if you had to put a time frame on it, how long? When did you actually start collecting art? Actually, seriously collecting, probably in the early to mid '80s. Uh, prior to that, it was posters. You know, lots of posters, lots of psychedelic things from the uh, '60s. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar posters, mm -hmm. and, you know, those, those kinds of things. Well, on that point, did you not share some time ago with me that you could have purchased a Peter Max original? Yes, yes. The first year of my psychiatric residency was at Boston City Hospital, and I remember going to the coop. And one of the things they had there was a little maybe 8 by 10 Peter Max. And uh, it was an original, and uh, I said, oh, you know, I don't know, well, you know, can I, can that fit in my budget right now? But, but I, I didn't get it. So, yeah. yeah. But along those same lines, even earlier than that, uh, going to J.L. Hudson's in downtown Detroit, they had an art gallery in the downtown store, and 
one of the artists was um, um, Ramirez Bearden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. And I remember this piece costing three hundred dollars, and I didn't have three hundred dollars to my name. There's no way I could have gotten that picture, but I just, I just fell in love with that piece. But I, you know, what could I do? What could you do? I had no money. I always, I always <laughs> ask this question of a collector, and and you may have answered it twice. It, it says, "What was the piece that got away? You know that you sit back and I mean maybe it was a different time. Like you said, I didn't have three hundred dollars. Right, right. The moment you had it and you just said, "Why did I let that one go? Do you have? Think about that one. I want you. We're going to come back to that if you can't okay. think of a piece that the piece that got away." Well, looking well, around, I don't think anything does. <laughs> <laughs> Since I've had a little bit of money, probably not. But those two pieces that we've already mentioned, I mean, those those are certainly pieces that I wish I had now. But yes. you know, damn, no That's way, right. no way. <laughs> so let's see, let me ask this question about art. Just the the importance of art. We've mm -hmm. been really talking about you know. Yesterday we had a, a great conversation with uh, Camille Brewer, mm -hmm. and she discussed in in, in real depth her mm -hmm. educational background around art mm -hmm. and the importance of it. Mm -hmm. what, what do you, in your view? I mean, not just the collecting. What do you, what's your thoughts on the importance of art in our lives? In uh, my view, I think art is important from a historical uh, perspective, and also from a a, a personal perspective. The um, educational perspective is all the history that has been documented over the years by African-American artists that uh, does not give us the impression of everything that all of us went through, but it certainly gives us that particular artist's impression of what we were going through yes. and what they felt was important. I also look at it in terms of how important it is that young people know about art and the young people are exposed to art and have art as part of their uh, education. Uh, over the years, all the research that has been done says that children who are exposed to, to the visual arts, and, and well, to art, the arts in general, Yes. Not just the visual arts, but the visual arts, the performing arts, that uh, they develop critical thinking skills mm -hmm. that others who have not been exposed to it do not develop. That's right. So that's, right. that's, a, that's the reason we should have art in all of the schools as we, as we used to. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's something that's definitely missing. Yeah. Yeah. Dexter, you mm -hmm. have so much art around you. Everywhere my eye turns I see something just gorgeous and wonderful and how do you make your selection what is your process hmm uh, uh, I gave a uh, talk at an opening in um, George Nanambi's gallery when it's out in, in the across uh, from the towns and hotel um, it was work by Al Loving and in it, I mentioned, mentioned that there is a relationship that happens between the observer and the piece of art. And there's something in that art that stirs up something in the observer 
sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's, it's very positive. But either way, it's something that hits you emotionally that you, that you feel you have to act on. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that action ends up being the actual possession of that peace. You know, because you want to re-experience that feeling again. It's almost like falling in love. I don't know that it's love necessarily, mm -hmm. but it's but it's a relationship that happens, and and you want to keep that that warmness, that good feeling with you. Sometimes it's a piece that's very uncomfortable. I don't know that if I looked at look you know through the collection, I could probably find a piece like that. Most of the ones that I can think of. Are warm feelings, you know, or reminiscent kinds of feelings, but uh, I've seen it happen both both ways. It's like, oh, well, I can give you an example. Um, the work of, um, mm, he was in Detroit for quite a bit of for quite for a part of his career, and uh, it's usually an image of a solitary person. Huey Lee Smith. Huey Lee Smith. I get a very negative feeling looking at his work. Wow. His work makes me feel really, really sad and really, really alone. I, I have not experienced it such that that's something I want to revisit. Wow. But that's, that's an example that's of powerful. what I think happens. But I, I think that's what happens when, you, when, when one looks at art. You know, we yeah. in Detroit are so fortunate to have so many resources. Mm -hmm. We have Joe Pryor, we have NCA, mm -hmm. we have George Nomi, so we mm -hmm. have gallerists, we have someone as, as uh, rich in information as Camille Brewer. Mm -hmm. And then there are periodicals mm -hmm. that, that, I know NCA carries a lot of our periodicals mm -hmm. and such. What, what do you rely on? What are you, what's your... Uh, source material as you go about this journey of collecting. I know you're a subscriber to the International Review of yes. African American mm -hmm. Art. Yeah, I'm certainly going to mention that. Right. Uh, that's probably the only art periodic periodical that I look at regularly. Um, I've seen others, but you know they don't really have that much about African American artists in them. So it's mostly the international review that I, I look at. Any opportunity to see an, a working artist when they come to Detroit, then uh, I, I like to be a part of that also. Okay. And I know you're a regular at the Friends of African and African American Art lectures. Yes, absolutely. They're the best lectures in the entire institution as far as I'm concerned. Wow, that's great. So this time, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Okay. Well, welcome back. This is um, Open Studio, Conversations on Art, and we are with Dr. Dexter Fields. And we're going to, Leslie's going to take us with a question just to keep us moving on our uh, conversation today. So, Dexter, can you tell us and our audience about an earlier piece that you collected and maybe why and how you felt about it at the time? Hmm, an earlier 
piece of any kind? Of, um, of any of your art collection, something early on that you collected and um, still is the standout. It still stands out. Um, the piece, those two pieces there, uh, photography by Rashid, Rashid uh, Johnson, photographer. Yeah. Do you know what those are? No, I'm looking. It looks like, is that fingers or? I'm not. Those are toes. <laughs> toes. <laughs> those are toes. So there, it's a black and white for the, our listeners that can't see this. There, I mean, it, it, I, maybe describe it a little. Total black, 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 yeah. a black background uh, framed in uh, like a white matting mm -hmm. uh, and silver frame but it, it looks organic I think that's that's the first thing that comes to you and also that it could be living and they look a little bit like the back of people's heads <laughs> but, those, <laughs> but those are actually toes uh, huh. those those seem to always catch people's people's uh, attention so with those being your favorite right now in your collection, and I kind of said this when we were offline, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll bring it up for our guests. Mm -hmm. uh, if you had to take one photo, maybe two, to run out the house, when, if something happened, I need to run to, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaving really <laughs> fast, and I, they said take one piece of art that represents, you know, your collection or your love for art. What would that one piece, gosh, you have so much. Mm. What, could you select one, maybe two? But if you had to narrow it down, what would oh, that be? Oh my goodness, that would be, <laughs> I mean, that's like, which one of your children would you rescue? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Um, the uh, blue Norman Lewis in the living room. Um, that's, that's very striking to me. Uh, and it's, the, that blue, yes. for much of my life, blue was not a color that I was attracted to. Mm. And I don't know if it was my divorce at that particular time, but blue started looking different to me. Yes. And it, it, I, I, can, I can recall that I bought a lot of art that was blue after my divorce. Okay. But that particular uh, blue, the way it's framed in the silver frame, is mm -hmm. really striking. I would really hate to uh, uh, leave that okay. if uh, you know it came to grabbing just one. Uh, the uh, Samella Lewis next to it, uh, which is even more abstract than the, than the uh, Lewis, is uh, is another favorite. I like her colors. I like her interpretation of the mountains, and again, the way that's framed. It's it's like it's like a, a, a piece unto itself. Um, but I could I could probably say that about so many. The um, uh, Bill Sanders um, pieces, his study of uh, Belle Isle. Those are very striking. This piece here. I saw at Bill Sanders' uh, studio on the east side of Detroit. Uh, this is by Purvis Hawkins. He was uh, an artist who was also in that same gallery. I had $6 in my pocket. And that cost $6. So 
I used my last money to buy some <laughs> a true art. Collector, a true collector. <laughs> to buy some art. And uh, we, we talked earlier about how I borrowed some money from an artist to get a piece of art. Yeah, not, not his art. So. Not his art, but, but another, another artist's art. Fortunately, he was there and had the money, though. Uh, Herb Gentry. I did not have a Herb Gentry, and I just really, really like this piece. It seems so typical of his work. Yes. And uh, so. So well, it sounds yeah. as though we need to get you a big bag like Santa would use when he's delivering gifts to children or on bigger. Christmas Eve. So you can just take the whole collection with you because. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to say sure. any, any one or two. But, okay. You know, and there's there's. A story with most of them as well. And we have enjoyed those as stories. Well. I've enjoyed those stories. So you mentioned that um, you've been collecting pretty seriously for now almost 30 plus years. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What advice would you give to a young collector um, with a, you know, a small budget but passionate about building a legacy of art? Mm -hmm. My recommendation to a young collector would be. Maybe I should say new collector because sometimes new, you're not young. That's true. When you're, that's true. you start collecting, that's so true. I don't want to. I want to qualify that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> to the new collector, I would suggest uh, number one that he or she get as much information as uh, that person can about the artist, about the type of art. Um, and to expose him or herself to every kind of art they can possibly think of. Because, um, you know, there's so much out there. There's so many talented people. And uh, I think the, the uh, collector owes it to himself to um, really to know about them as much as they can. And um, if they like the art, get it. If they don't like it, you know, you're probably not going to fall in love with it if you don't fall in love with it right away. Uh, some people, some people collect uh, for investment's sake. I really can't give any uh, recommendations or suggestions about that. Uh, I don't feel that I really have the ability to say who I think is going to be whatever in the future. That's, that's just something I've never felt that I could do. Mm -hmm. uh, some people do it and some people do it well, but yes. I, I, uh, I can't really comment on that. Well, you have some real gems mm -hmm. here, and if the reason for selecting was pure love, then you've really lucked up and kind of, in some places, hit the jackpot with some. Thank so that's, you. that. Thank I you. think that you want to look at it every day and love it. Thank oh, you. Oh, you do love mm -hmm. that museum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, on this, and talking about art and giving, you've given some advice for our new collectors. Detroit is booming um, in, in so many ways, but definitely in the, uh, the art uh, scene. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on the state of affairs for African-American art, um, maybe nationally, globally, but more, but more specifically, um, in particular, Detroit. What do you think is going on with the right? I mean, I think of the Basquiat, the Basquiat, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that, that huge sale. I'm thinking of, you know, um, Swiss Beats or Kadeem, mm -hmm. uh, 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 Kasim, wait a minute, Kareem Dean, who is really pushing 
from his platform on hip hop artists with um, bank accounts to purchase and invest in African American art mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and his his push to have the dean's choice to give back to the artists mm -hmm. so that they can give credit. What are you feeling in terms of um, the state of affairs of African American art um, today and maybe in the near future? Mm -hmm. uh, in Detroit. I don't think African American art ever died. I don't think an appreciation for African American art ever died. Yes. We have the uh, Friends of African and African American Art at the Detroit Institute of Arts, and that is an organization that's been there for over 60 years. Yes. And um, we've always been active bringing in African American artists from all over the country, all over the world to uh, share their uh, vision and their, their art with us. So in terms of Detroit, I don't think it's ever, it's ever you know, been, been something that had to be reborn because yes. it's been living all the time. Um, we have a uh, large, well, we have two uh, universities in the city the um, College of Contemporary, College of Contemporary, no, Carti College of Creative Studies, yes. Yes. Uh, which used to be the old Arts and Crafts mm -hmm. uh, College, mm -hmm. and uh, Wayne State University in town. I don't know that U of D Mercy has an art department. Okay, they don't, but uh, those two are very, very active in terms of uh, producing African-American artists. Um, the national scene, I am very, very impressed and very, very happy to know that um, there are African-Americans with the means to purchase um, the uh, art of uh, those of us whose work goes in the millions. That's right. that's <laughs> I right. think that's very, very impressive. I like to see it. I especially like to see us by our own art because it says that, to me, it says that we value ourselves and we value our own image. So, uh, yeah, that's something I, I really, really like. And again, I think that's, that's the importance of uh, education for young people in art. You know, as they understand and learn their own creativity, they will be able to step up to the plate and become those artists with the, uh, you know, million dollar or million plus <laughs> price tag on them. I love that. Yeah, love that. because the artists have to live. They do. They deserve it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap up, I, we cannot leave without you giving a little story behind your collection of owls. <laughs> they are just present throughout his home. Um, and, you know, this beautiful case that is just holding what looks like, to me, a couple, a hundred or more of these, you know, all sizes. Can, can you give us a little of that before we wrap up? <laughs> Yes. I, uh, I had a younger sister who, she was born at home on the east side in Detroit. And um, I recall that she was given an owl bank. Mm -hmm. And this was the most fascinating, she's, she was four years uh, younger than I. And uh, this was the most fascinating thing because anytime you put a coin in it, the 
eyes would blink. <laughs> Just fascinating little piece. And um, uh, I can't say exactly what happened to that bank. Uh, <laughs> 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 but over the years, I have been fascinated with, with owls. And I know they're, they're the uh, symbol, uh, symbol of uh, wisdom and good fortune and all of that. And uh, so I try to have an owl in each room. So, yes, uh, that's wonderful. I don't think there's enough good fortune or wisdom to go around. So uh, I'm off to the owl store. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a couple owls in our house for sure, for sure. But they, when my sister saw it, she said, Oh, I remember I had I had a uh, I had an owl bank. Yes, <laughs> I said you're right. That's right, and you know, they don't know what started, how that's what, right. what seed right. was planted with right. that. Thank you so much, so much, Dexter, for uh, your time, your wisdom, your your amazing uh, generosity for having us in your home and sharing this, this beautiful, beautiful collection. So, uh, thank. you. Special thanks to all our Open Studio sponsors. A special shout out to Stuart Skaggs and Kevin Crosby for the original music score they so generously provide for this podcast. And to today's guest, Dr. Dexter Fields. We invite you to check out Open Studio each week when Graves and Mallet have the pleasure of hosting art creators and lovers just like you. Please visit our website at gravesmallet.art to learn more about our current projects, services, podcasts, and our latest blogs. Until our next conversation, keep loving art.